When my kids were young and in school, I was the breakfast maker in our family. So every morning of the week, except Sundays when I have to be here really early, I made pancakes or waffles or biscuits or donuts from scratch. Yeah. And I did that so often for so long, I had all the recipes memorized. Well, my kids grew up, they left home, neither Debbie nor I eat breakfast, so uh, the only time I make those anymore is when my kids or grandkids come over to visit. Well, my daughter came over to visit one morning, and, and I was going to fix her pancakes, chocolate chip pancakes, squishy in the middle, just the way she likes them. And I flew into making them, and after I was finished, they were flat and heavy. I thought, what? I've made these things a million times. What? what? They've never done this before. So I pulled out my favorite recipe book, and I look up pancakes, and I go to, and I go down the recipe, and it's like, <laughs> oops, I left out the baking powder. Oops. Turns out that recipes matter. And following the recipe in order matters. And all the ingredients matter. And that's true in cooking. It's it's also often true in life, especially if God gives us a recipe. I mean, after all, he did make everything, so therefore he might know what works best in life and how to get along with stuff. And he does that today, like with anxiety. Anybody had any of that recently? Let's do the math. Okay, let's take COVID-19 plus layoffs and furloughs plus business closures plus working from home or school from home plus civil unrest, plus hurricane season, plus mask mandates, minus movies and concerts, minus sporting events, minus getting to hang out with your grandkids, minus going to visit your friends in the hospital or the nursing home, and multiply all of that times eight months, and multiply that times all the politics of the election, and that equals a big fat anxiety with a capital A. And if you're not anxious... You're surrounded by a bunch of people who are. So how do, you, how do you deal with all of that? Well, we have lots of options, one of which is just ignore it and hope it goes away. But it's been eight months now. I'm not sure that's working anymore. Or you can do the exact opposite, and you can pull your hair out, and you can fret, and you can worry, and you can wring your hands and be scared all the time, except, you know, it's been eight months. It's hard to maintain that for this long. Or you can anesthetize yourself. You can eat too much or drink too much or shop too much. You know, you got time. You can shop online and the Amazon guy comes every day. Or you can just postpone your anxiety. You can binge watch TV. You can always surf the internet because there's no, um, um, there's no lack of froth on both of those isn't there? And then there's social media where you can connect with old friends and you can make new friends and you can insult and be insulted by anyone, anywhere, anytime for anything. Or you can say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with this. You can throw yourself into the fray. You can figure out how to stay away from other people. You can come up with creative ways to cover your face, you know. I thought about this, but it's a little creepy, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Or you can, you can connect with your friends by text and email and social media. Or you can do something really radical. You could put a stamp on a postcard and write on it and put it in the mail. 
that's a blast from the past, isn't it? We can keep up with people like that. Or we can go to work and we can support our, our candidate or our cause of choice. We can join a protest. Please keep it peaceful, genuinely peaceful if you do. But we can do any of those things. And lots of people around us have done some or many or all of those, and as have many of us. But the important question is, how's that working for you? Is it doing the trick? Have you actually got peace in your heart from any or many of those things? And, and if so, great. You don't have to listen to anything else I say today. But if you still have some residual dread, if you feel anxious or nervous or uncomfortable or frightened or scared or terrified, God gives us a recipe for peace. Not peace, not world peace, not peace in our time, but peace in our hearts and our minds and our emotions and our relationships. God gives us a recipe for peace. And like the recipe for pancakes, let's pay attention to what the recipe is. Let's follow it in the order and make sure that we include all the ingredients and not just some of them. Now, the recipe starts in St. Paul's letter to his friends in Philippi in chapter 4, in verse 4, when he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. God calls us in the middle of all of this to rejoice, to cheer, to scream, to jump up and down. You say, it's a pandemic. What is there to celebrate? I lost my job. What is there to celebrate? I can't hang out with my grandkids. Why would I want to celebrate? The recipe doesn't say to celebrate all of that. It says rejoice in the Lord always. To rejoice in what God has done. To rejoice at what God has done in the past that suggests that perhaps He can get us through what we're going through right now. To celebrate the beauty of creation. To celebrate all the people in your life who love you. To celebrate your own personal history of how God has protected or provided for you or healed you or helped you or answered your prayers. To celebrate all of that. Not to celebrate disease or death. Not to celebrate at the pandemic. But to celebrate in our sorrows, to celebrate through our sorrows, to celebrate in spite of our sorrows. And in case we don't get it the first time, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice! Because we can spend our time fretting and worrying, or we can rejoice at what God has done and how He's with us always. That's the next part. Rejoice in the Lord always. The Lord is near. Remember that. Remember that. Jesus promised, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. All through the Bible, God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He's right here with us. And even if you can't feel him at any particular second or point in time, his promise is that the Lord is near. And as we remember that, as we rejoice, it sucks all of the energy out of our fear. It neutralizes our fear and our anxiety. And we can spend our time being afraid, or we can use that same time and energy to rejoice and to remember. My choice is to rejoice and remember. 
The recipe continues in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. This is where the ingredients matter. The ingredients in this recipe matter because it's easy to hear the first piece of this part of the recipe, don't be anxious, and stop there. But the verse doesn't stop there. If you just say, well, don't be anxious, that makes it sound like it's on us to suck it up and, and, and work our way through and clench our fists and grit our teeth and say, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, which, which works if you're the little engine who could. But real human beings, it sets us up for failure. We can't. I think I can, but I really can't, not by myself. But that's not where the verse ends. There's a big but in there. And anytime the Bible has a big but, you need to look at it. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, but but in everything, with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Present your request to God. Rather than just trying to think I can, no, pray. Pray and ask God for help. Pray and tell God what you'd like Him to do. Pray and thank Him for what He's going to do, even before you see Him doing anything about it. God, I'm in a mess down here. Jesus, my friend, is in a mess over here. Holy Spirit, our nation is facing a mess right now here. We need some help. Come down and help. Give us peace. Protect us. Provide us. We need some help here, God. So pray and ask God for help. And then tell Him what you'd like Him to do about it. You say, I don't don't know what He ought to do. It's okay. Tell Him whatever you think. What if I pray about the wrong thing? It's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about praying the wrong thing. Don't worry about being selfish. Don't worry about being practical. Don't worry about coming up with the best idea because God's a big guy. He can tell you no. And He's God and we're not, which means He knows what would be best. And He can do whatever He wants, however He wants, whenever He wants, whether we like it or not, whether we approve or not, whether we would have thought of it or not. God can do all of that. We can tell God what we'd like Him to do, but we hand it over to Him and then thank Him. Lord, I'm not sure how you're going to handle this. I told you what I think you ought to do because we all like to serve God in an advisory capacity, don't we? We, we? we like telling God what to do. But He's God and we're not. And we say, thank you, Lord, for whatever you're going to do, however you're going to handle this, thank you. Thank you because I know, God, you are on it. You've got this in your hands and you are on it. The recipe matters. Now, if you follow the recipe up to this point, most of the time, you'll have peace. But don't stop there. Just like pancakes are great by themselves, but you know a little butter and syrup really make them even better? Don't leave out the last two ingredients of this recipe for peace. Where Paul writes, and he says... Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. 
You see, it's not just the events and the circumstances around us that make us anxious. It's our thoughts about those events and circumstances that make us anxious. And we can allow those thoughts to roll around inside of our head until our head fills up with fear and explodes. Or we can choose to think about something else. We can choose to think about what is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable or excellent or praiseworthy. You see, we get all bogged down in the whatabouts and the what-ifs. What about the weather? What if it doesn't work? What about what they think about me? What if they don't like me? What about this? What about that? The whatabouts and the what-ifs are really what tie us up in knots. And if we can choose to think about something else... It neutralizes the whatabouts and the what-ifs. And the reality is all of us have all kinds of stuff in our life that are true and right and noble and admirable and praiseworthy and excellent. We've all got lots of those. And if you don't have a ready list of those in your head right now, I urge you, sit down this afternoon with a couple of sheets of paper and write down that list, a long list of what God has done in your life that you're thankful for, that you appreciate the good things that have happened, the bad things that didn't happen, the prayers that were answered, the people who love you, the times that God protected or provided for you, the times that he helped you or healed you. Write them all down. So that when those anxious thoughts invade your head, you can pull out your list and ponder each of the entries. You can spend your time, you can waste your time being anxious, or you can spend the same amount of time and energy going over your list and thinking about those things. And as we choose to think about what is true and right and noble and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Love, joy, and peace displace anxiety and fear and worry. We have the choice. Now you say, but, but I still have anxious thoughts. They're going to happen. I still say anxious things. It's going to happen. You know, you can't really control what's in your mouth sometimes about that, but you can choose what you chew on. You can choose what you're going to think about and concentrate on, and that's this piece of the recipe. Now, the, the recipe so far has been everything has been inside of each of us. This last part of the recipe pulls in help from other people. As Paul writes, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. God puts people in our lives who are older and wiser and have been doing this Jesus stuff longer than we have. And you've got some of those folks in your life. And look around and see who they are. And anyone you know that has this peace thing down that is able to stay calm and peaceful and instead of freaking out or worrying about life, go talk to them. Ask them, how do you do that? How do you cope with crisis? What's working for you? And learn to make their peace your own. And do what it is that they do, and the God of peace will be with you as well. Pancakes and peace. There's a recipe for each of them. 
Let's follow the recipe in the order it comes and not leave out any of the ingredients. Let's make sure we have all the ingredients so that the peace of God will be with each of you. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Remember, the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think about those things. And whatever you've seen or heard from peaceful Christian siblings, do those things, and the peace of God will be with you.